Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome to Freedom's Ring. We have a fascinating story for you today. And the question is, do American children have a constitutional right to a father, to a husband, a religious freedom right? A Seventh-day Adventist family is being represented by former Texas Supreme Court Justice, our guest today on Freedom's Ring, David Medina, also a partner in the Texas law firm of Chamberlain Herdlicka, if I pronounced that right. Uh, Justice Medina, thank you so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Glad to be here. Thank you for your interest in this fascinating story. Well, tell us this story. A, a Seventh-day Adventist father and husband is about to be deported, and you've asserted a religious freedom claim? We have. Under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, we believe that it applies to these four American citizens, including an American wife and three American children. Their father is was subject to deportation. That has since been delayed uh, for at least 60 days, and we are extremely grateful for that. And we believe that based on comments from the president and the president's administration, that Mr. Rodriguez, who's represented by a very able lawyer, should not be subject to deportation in a separate issue. But on the family issue, we believe that this family has a constitutional right to keep their family intact and to deport their father would be an ex facto deportation of the children and the wife, American citizens. They're placed in a predicament where they have to choose whether or not to exercise their constitutional right as Americans to remain in this country and exercise their religious freedoms or to leave their homeland and go to a foreign land to do that under the risk of what is violence in a very, very precarious situation in El Salvador. So give us some of the background. Mr. Rodriguez has been in this country for how long? I believe 17 years. And um, I gather that he is, uh, as we say, undocumented? Correct. He's undocumented. He came to this country looking for work. At some point, he eventually reported himself to the immigration authorities. He was granted a work per permit. He has since worked. He has reported dutifully to the appropriate agencies. He has paid his taxes. He has become, as I like to say, Americanized. We've allowed him. Our government has allowed him to become Americanized. He has followed all the requirements that he was supposed to follow. He has a family, and he's living the American dream as we know it. You know, there's so many. He married an American. He married a, a woman who became a naturalized citizen. And they have three children. Yes, sir. How old are the kids? They are 21, 15, and 10. And so explain, because, you know, the focus of Freedom's Ring is really on religious freedom issues, which is how this, this story jumped out at me. Um, what is the religious freedom claim that they're asserting here? 
I don't mean the legal claim so much as I mean, you know, what's the religious interest that they're they're feeling their religious freedom, uh, you know, would be violated in some way by the father's deportation. They're Christians. They practice the Seventh Day Adventist philosophy, theology. That religious organization has some 28 tenants, and tenant number 23 requires that this family stay together and that they follow their patriarch, which of course is their father, and wherever that may be. And of course, right now it's in the United States of America, specifically Houston, Texas. And if you were to be deported, then their religious belief is that they have to follow their father. Now, doing that obviously not only puts the father in peril in a dangerous country, but puts four American citizens in peril. I'm looking up number 23 as we speak. I don't know if you're aware our organization is Seventh-day Adventist, and um, we'd be interested in the case even if we weren't. Um, but I'll, I'll share a little bit from uh, the statement here on marriage and the family uh, that is, is the basis for their religious freedom claim. Uh, this is something that I think most Christians certainly would, would uh, relate to. Marriage was divinely established in Eden and affirmed by Jesus to be a lifelong union between a man and a woman in loving companionship. Uh, for the Christian, a marriage commitment is to God as well as to the spouse and should be entered into only between a man and a woman who share a common faith. Uh, and it goes goes on from there. Um, well, so tell us about the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that is the statutory basis for their claim. This is a uh, an act that was signed into uh, legislation by President Clinton. I believe it was introduced by um, Senator Schumer from New York. And since then, it's worked its way through the courts on a few issues, including the Hobby Lobby case, and it essentially protects us, us, we being American citizens, for our religious beliefs, our religious freedoms, and we think that it can apply here. Now, some critics believe that's an expansion of what was intended by that statute, but until a court, maybe even the United States Supreme Court, tells us otherwise, then we're going to pursue this claim on behalf of this quintessential American family. So you, you filed now in federal court. Um, have you filed to seek a, a stay of the deportation proceedings? We did file that. And last Friday, we had a hearing before the Honorable Chief Judge Rosenthal. And during that hearing, I learned that the government had agreed to grant a 60-day reprieve, as it were. And because of that, then there was no longer an emergency for the judge to entertain. And so the judge dismissed our case without prejudice, which means we'll have an opportunity to refile that as we get closer to the 60 days and if the issue is not resolved. Now, the judge also stated that she would hope that ICE and the government would use, uh, would be flexible and have some discretion in these 60 days. And when Mr. Rodriguez reported yesterday, it's our understanding that's exactly what the government intends to do. So it allows Mr. Rodriguez's lawyers uh, to reopen the case, his immigration case. This firm, uh, the lawyers that are working on it, uh, myself, Juan Vasquez, and David Calvillo, and 
Mr. Ochoa from our San Antonio office, Mr. Williamson from this office, who's an immigration law expert. We're going to join in in those pleadings on behalf of our clients, the, the children and the mother, the American citizens. And since then, we've had lawyers and others volunteered to come in and help us in this cause. It's been tremendous, great support from the community, great support from uh, religious leaders throughout our community. And it takes that kind of effort to maybe change opinions of maybe one person, maybe one heart, and that can expand to other things. And, and it would be great to have what I believe is a very horrific humanitarian issue that needs to be resolved, and perhaps we can resolve it through the courts since we don't seem to be getting any relief from our elected leaders. You know, as I take a look at this scenario and the fact that the government wanted to avoid having a judge issue an initial ruling on, uh, you know, the initial motion for injunctive relief or a court order, um, I suspect that the government does not want a ruling in this case and that they're likely to go ahead and let Mr. Rodriguez stay in this country because if they were to lose, the precedent that this would set could affect a large number of families. Well, it certainly could. I really don't know the basis for the government's decision, but I can say this. We are extremely grateful for their decision, for their use of their discretion. We're grateful for whomever made that decision to be willing to listen to our plea, and certainly the Rodriguez family is extremely grateful. It's a wonderful blessing for all of them and certainly for everybody that's worked on this issue. You know, I have to say I'm very pleased, blessed, impressed with your spirit and humility. You know, our guest listeners is a retired justice of the Texas Supreme Court. And, you know, I'm not hearing you gloat. I'm not hearing you, you know, say anything that would put the government folks on the defensive or, you know, get their backs up. Um you know, you have such a gracious spirit about you and, and and how you're talking about this case. And I think, frankly, it's a wonderful example for those of us who are attorneys and how we approach conflicts like this. I think, you know, that spirit is, is just wonderful to see. And I, I'm grateful for the privilege of interviewing you today. Well, I'm, I'm grateful the, for the opportunity to speak to you. It's an important cause. And we understand that each side has their jobs to do, and, and sometimes we have to do things that we don't like in our jobs. Um, so to the extent that we have an opportunity to continue to be heard, we're grateful for whatever time the government gives us. And we're hopeful that this one case can change many other cases to come. But right now, the focus is on this one great family, and sure, that's where we should all be, on focusing on our families. And I hope that this story, too, captures the compassion of our listeners that you know, we think about the immigration issue, you know, and it's always somebody else. It's somebody, it's the other. It's, you know, they're, you know, we've got the rule of law and we have to protect our borders and we have all these, you know, all these reasons and issues. But, you know, often it comes down to these very precarious human and family situations. And, you know, there's people's lives that are impacted by, you know, attitudes in our policies. That is very well said. It is. I mean, it's a neighbor. It's a friend. It's a friend of a friend. It's a relative. I mean, it's everywhere. It's just not isolated to Texas, not isolated to Houston. This issue, it's throughout the country. And it would be great if our 
elected officials can come up with a resolution to get it resolved. I mean, we as a country have done great things. We've helped negotiate peace treaties between countries that are at war. We've we've done things that are beyond some people's imaginations, like going to the moon and beyond. Sure. Certainly we can fix this well, if we put our effort into it. It's been a frustration that Congress has not done something to resolve the immigration problem for so many years. You know, I would have um, jumped on this story even if it was not a Seventh-day Adventist family, but I've recently come to understand here in California where I am, 10% of our workforce is undocumented. Imagine if we really did deport a large percentage of our undocumented workforce, it would be devastating to the economy. And then when you think about how that translates in terms of our churches, probably half of the members of the Spanish-speaking churches are impacted in some way directly with family members who are undocumented. Um, Huge percentages are undocumented and play a role in our churches. So these are not strangers to us. They're part of our church families. That's so true. And when we take time just to speak to people instead of shouting at them, we understand them. It's easy to learn that they're very much like us. They want happiness for their families. They want to pursue life, liberty, and and justice. And we want their children, like we want our children, to be happy and have an opportunity to have a future and a better place in America. Well, we're, we're out of time. I sure appreciate the time that you've spent with us. Our guest today, retired Texas Supreme Court Justice David Medina, talking about their petition for the Rodriguez family on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act not to deport a father and and violate the religious freedom of American children and spouse. Uh, Justice Medina, thank you again so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you so much, Alan, for the call, and God bless you, and look forward to talking to you sometime in the future. By all means, I'd like to hear the, the rest of this story once it's resolved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.